The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pot and your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. Welcome oh. to Potter What are we at? 214. As usual, I'm Melissa Anelli. I'm here with John and Frack. We are from the Leaky Cauldron, your number one spot for Harry Potter news, views, and discussions. And we are here with another week of Harry Potter tomfoolery, discussion, breakdowns, tomfoolery, yes, <laughs> and and things and exciting things in the mix to talk about this week. So why don't we get right to it? You want to know what we're doing? I do. I would like to know, John. I will tell you what we're doing for everybody that wants to know. We have uh, all kinds of news for you this week. And uh, in addition to that, we have the return of the bit by bit, which we know you all like so much. And uh, we also have a Half-Blood Biddies, which we all enjoy as well. And drop by drop, which just sounds so wrong. Drop ways. by dropping. Drop by drop. So, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up like we always do. Um, but yeah, that's it. Are you ready to, to, uh, to do it and stuff? No, but I think <laughs> it for a while. All right. Tap my fingers. No, let's do it. Let's go to the news. Okay. This is the part where we queue up the, the thing. Okay, well, first of the news this week. Half-Blood Prince has been nominated for a bunch of awards, guys. They were nominated for a Visual Effects Society Award and two BAFTAs, which is the British equivalent of the Oscar. Ooh. The two BAFTAs. I know about the BAFTAs because I watched Ricky Gervais' show. Ricky Gervais. You see see that episode of him uh, and extras where he goes to the BAFTAs and makes a fool of himself? Ricky Gervais made a fool of himself? That's Uh, shocking. In the show. (laughs) He's made a career out of making a fool of himself in the professional it's pretty great. No, but the, the Half-Blood Prince Baptists are for production design, where they're nominated alongside such films as Avatar, District 9, Inglorious Bastards, yes. The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I've never heard of that. Is that oh, that's the one Heath Ledger died during. during. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I want to see that. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, well their is. second nomination comes in the special visual effects category, and they are against Avatar, District 9, The Hurt Locker, and Star Trek. Which actually Ooh. stars one of our leaky staffers, does it not? What? <laughs> stars. <laughs> yeah. It does. She's sitting behind Spock in a classroom. Starlish. Who? Starlish. Starlish. No way. Yeah. Did I know that? We I went to go see it based on that. At yeah. That's true. I was leaky staffers after I left. Get to oh. be extras in, uh, in shows. Yes. And I fell asleep at the only moment, at that moment. Mm. Wow, Melissa, you're yeah, kind of... pretty, it sucked pretty hard. Doesn't okay, take much so... for you to fall asleep though in a movie. We're just in general. <laughs> Continue. What's Did next? Be mean to Melissa Day. Did I miss oh, the was... no, no, certainly not. So vindictive. All right, guys, number two in the news: the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is hiring for new jobs at the yes. park. If you think that you would want to work in one of these places, absolutely. Like, uh, three broomsticks or. 
Are they hiring janitors yet? I don't know. Are you going to go? Street cleaners? That's a pretty easy job to get. Um, what else? Uh, food food hander outers? Yeah, um, they're actually pro- uh, they're production cooks. Ca- oh, cooks? Yeah. It's, yes. they're, they're hiring for production can cooks. You, can you cook the butter beers? Yeah. How are you a production cook? I don't know. That's what it said. I thought. I wrote it down. Well, they range from sales associates and service cashiers to attractions, attendants, and production cooks. So it doesn't look like they're they're doing casting. They were doing casting back in October. They opened oh. for um, actors who, because when you walk into this park, there will be nothing that won't be out of diagonality. That right. be correct. Everything will be right. Um, but this is for for everything. You know, I wonder will the cashiers also have to have accents? I don't know if they make everybody uh, need an accent. I can, I, I doubt it because they're going to be some of those like teenagers that are just like, yeah, oh, I work at the view movie. It'd be an awful accent. I'm not going to put everybody through like it's really all good bonjour, training. No. <laughs> yeah, I, guess you, I guess you have to pay more for people who have that talent, whereas cashiers right. come dime a dozen. You know, right, right, right. right but yeah. the, but the cashiers have to have to talk, and that's part of the. people. I, I don't know. I mm. wonder. We'll have Maybe let's encourage them to talk like talking it. Would you like some, would you like to supersize that for eight dollars more? It's not, uh, I just we're not we're not at Disneyland, Frankie. This is Universal. Oh, sixteen dollars more. Oh no, you can't do okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. Third, third in our news this week. Wait, right. oh, wait, wait. Alexandre oh. Desplat. I don't know if I'm pronouncing pronouncing that right. Desplat. French. Uh, he is the composer of mm-hmm. Deathly Hallows Part One. Now, are they going to do different composers for the two films? What happened to John Williams? Well, John Williams probably is going to do part two, no? Were they separated? They just give him all of it. I mean, what's a big he deal? He doesn't have time to do all of it. Oh, oh, I got so many other bigger movies than the culmination of seven-part epic taking over the entire decade. You know, let me let me fiddle around with something else, John Williams. How old, how old is John Williams now? <sighs> old enough to have grandkids that should be able to knock some sense into him. All right. Anyway. Well, anyway... This guy's anyway, good. first there was a rumor running around, and then our friends at MuggleNet confirmed it through Mr. Desplat's agent, who that said that he is 100% scoring the first film. Film Score Monthly reported that he's been he's um, he is a quote overnight sensation that took decades to occur, which interesting sounds like a contradiction in terms. Well, but they... what are some of our favorite movies that he has scored recently, guys? Benjamin <laughs> Button. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you're being. Wait, Benjamin Button is one. Yeah, Benjamin Button. All right. Julia, Julie and Julia. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the ones that I actually enjoy. All right. Um, Golden Compass. Um, what about, is there anything with like Mr. any... Megorium's Magical Emplorium. Any like half-naked... That? Uh, that's it the went- one... That's the one with uh, Natalie Portman and uh, Dustin Hoffman. And oh. Michael Goldenberg wrote it. Hmm. Someone did his research this week. Seriously. <laughs> but let's not forget our favorite, you guys. Uh, New Moon. New Moon. Hello. Oh, my God. Hello. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was sold. I, I think it's going to be awkward, though, when the music starts playing and Harry and Ron take their robes and shirts off for no reason. Yes. No, and that's sparkle? not good. And Sparkle. Yes. yes. And then, uh, that's not gonna happen. And then Hermione's gonna push her hair back constantly and look like. I still not, have not seen this not, film. They're not bears. They're huge wolves. They're wolves. Huge wolves. wolves. They're not bears. I, I'm lo- I'm loving the impressions. Nah. 
Have you seen the one yet, Mother? No, I haven't. What the hell? You need to know like these things I'm sorry so that we I can talk about them. In my life, the viewing of the second. You work in pop culture. You need to be able to make references to huge oh. pop culture things. Fair enough, but I read the book. What else? All right, next on our news this week, Michael Gambon has been listed on an Irish Film and Television Awards shortlist. The Irish Film and Television Academy have released nominees for the 2010 awards, and he's up for Best Supporting Actor. He's against Simon Delaney from Happily Ever Afters, Aidan Quinn from The Eclipse, and Michael Fassbender from Fish Tank. Almost 250 titles were submitted for consideration by a jury panel of experts and Academy members to achieve a spot on the shortlist of nominees for the 37 awards categories across film and television. The Irish Film and Television Awards will be on the 20, 20th of February. Pretty cool. He only got nominated because the character died. That's true. That's a pretty short track to nomination for these things. Yeah. Now, Peter Jackson got nominated for Best Picture after the third right. Lord of the Rings. And it was just because he was working on all three. Yeah. So it's kind of like, now that Gambon's dead, like, well, let's give him some credence because Gambon didn't die. Character. Let's clarify well, here. Gambon didn't die. Let's Gambon. Yeah. But let's Dumbledore's dead. Gambon's alive and kicking and Sorry. drinking and happy. I'm sure he's totally fine. Alive and kicking and drinking and happy? Yeah. Just like the rest of us. But, well, yeah, uh, it's sort of like an achievement award. It's like, well, you, your body of work is Dumbledore, which, um, yeah. We'll yeah. see We'll see how good Deathly Hallows Part 2 is if the Lord of the Rings effect happens with Harry Potter, if that they get celebrated for eight good movies as, you know. Yeah. Is there anything else for the news? I'm so mad I that think- I didn't put all the, my fun videos I had ready to go. I'm bummed out. Oh, wait, what about this? Hey, Henry, what's holding you up? Let's get on with the show. We can't hang around here all day. Lead, get around it. Well, it's about time. I love how long this goes on. <laughs> what do we have in the roundup this week? I will tell you. This week's Leaky Roundup. <laughs> Very short this week. All right. We got one thing. We have a contest. Mrs. Lovegood's experiment. Your contest is true. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Didn't that get, get her killed? Yeah, didn't she die? That's <laughs> terrible. Mrs. Lovegood's experiment. Boom! <laughs> You're gonna die and leave a north. Listen to this. Listen to the objective before you say these things. All right. Sorry. This thing is write a story about one of Mrs. Lovegood's experiments while following canon as much as possible. So it's sort of like fan fiction, or maybe you're just writing like a report of one of her experiments. The deadline. You can write the eulogy. <laughs> the deadline is January 31st at 11:59 p.m. to contests at leakynews.com. Fantastic. Oh, I guess that would be obituary, not eulogy. Sorry. It's not writing an obituary. It's imagine one of the one of. I'm saying you could write the obituary. So bad. Okay. You're mean, Frankie. All right, hell of a leaky roundup. Yes, best one, I think. Hey, Henry. Uh, Henry, what's holding you up? Okay, good leaky roundup. What are we doing next year, kids? You tell me. Oh, how about we can either do half-blood biddies, or we can do... Uh, um, we should put uh, the camera on my drone. Uh, half-blood bits. Wait, what else? Something with bits. Let's do something with bits. Bit by bits, bits or half-blood biddies? Bacon bits. I don't know. What do, you, what, what do you say, chat? What do you want to do now? I want to do bacon bits and put it on a salad and eat it because I'm hungry. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm seeing bit by bits. I'm seeing bacon. I'm seeing half blood bitties. Uh, what do you uh, What do you want to do, Melissa? Bit by bit. 
Bit by bit. All right. Bit gonna, by bit. We're going to do some bit. Bit by bit. Talking about the book by page by page. Page by page. We will talk about Dobby's death when we get together. <laughs> oh, bit by bit. That's uh, it's pretty good. That's the bit by bit song. I'm going to make you guys sing it every single week. All right. They're like, oh my gosh, Frankie, you're so loud. Who said that? People. How am I loud? Oh, how are you Fresh. loud? <laughs> All right. Hey, bit by bit. Where are we in bit by bit, guys? Do you remember? We're at Malfoy Manor. Malfoy, Malfoy Manor. Manor. Mm. Let's, let's, let's queue up a click. Right, uh, right where Harry saw a flash of, of bright blue eye in the mirror. Oh, that's right. A flash of blue eye in the mirror. That was Dumbledore's, right? Because he was coming back. Yes, from the grave the to help out, wasn't he? Yeah. Totally. And he had a staff and a sword, and he was dressed in white. Oh, excellent. Was he riding a white horse named uh, Shadowfax? And he killed the Balrog. Oh, excellent. I like that. Oh, wait. Wrong book. Right. I love how I got a heckler in the chat telling me that my apartment looks looks clean for me. Oh, Who that's said funny. that? All Take that person ever seen is two square feet of my apartment behind my head. Which you don't know. This could be like one of our friends okay. just like trolling us. For all we know, it well, it wouldn't be a friend. All right, we're flying way off the handle. Off. We topic are. Sorry, here. I had to address that. All way right. off the handle. All right. Well, let me let me cue up a little reminder clip to see where we are here. Ron's very scared to go into the forest, and and Harry looks at him, and he looks at the empty chair, usually occupied by Hermione, and he, he sort of like, you see the resolve happen in his face. And yeah, he this is just that calling girl. back to that. Hermione's mm. in grave danger. He, like, this is significantly well, more danger, of course. Yeah, and it's a Ron we've just never seen before. He's totally, he's Flipping totally unhinged. Out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's like running back and forth. Hermione, Hermione. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's just running into the wall. Right. No, he's going running back and forth. All oh, right, not going. All right, he's taking a wind-up doll here. Hermione, No, think... no, he's like he's screaming. He's rolling on the floor. He's, yeah. he's, rolling he's on the floor. Completely unaware of his surroundings. He's not doing anything to help the situation they're in. He's lost his cool. He's done. Poor guy. Ron's all upset, and uh, Hermione is up there trying to like. Uh, cover them saying that like, oh you know it's not even a real sword it's uh it's a fake and um and Bellatrix Bellatrix, like, is freaks freaking out. out because she knows yeah. what it means to have somebody up in that vault yeah yeah and she knows that she was trusted to hold on to that horcrux and uh well she's not worried about losing Voldemort's trust she's worried about him killing her right 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 yeah why well, she's you think she knew it was a horcrux no she just knew that it was enormously secret and special. I always thought she knew it was a Horcrux, but she thought it was the only Horcrux. Like, yeah. she didn't know that he made multiples. Well, she said something like, he trusted me with his most, and then she got cut off. Yeah, like, she was going to say something, then she's like, oh, wait, I can't tell you that. Hmm. You know, that's like a vibe I got. Yeah. Can you imagine that scene where he, like, told her? You know how excited she was? She's like, yes! <laughs> I'm more trusted than Severus Snape. She was yeah, that's about exactly that. how she was. Moving right along here. Harry dashed across the cellar to where Griphook was huddled on the floor. Griphook! He whispered into the goblin's pointed ear. You must tell them that sword's a fake. They mustn't know it's the real one. Griphook! Please! Griphook's like... 
Victor what? No, Grip Hook's like a little snob. He's like, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't think Grip Hook understands the severity of the situation. He does. He's Grip just... Under- yeah. He does, and that's what he plays it well. Uh, goblins are Slytherins. <laughs> Every goblin's a well Slytherin? For a, for, a, for a book series where you don't want to give up the answer, where you want to bring out the... You know, because it, it wouldn't be very suspenseful if we knew who was going to go up there and try and hide it. That's but. true. But the fact that she was able to achieve that with his character, so we knew, like, ah, like, he's kind of, like, sneaky, but he's nice, but he's still out for himself type of thing. Yeah. The thing is, um, with him, you never know what his motivation is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's only for him. You know? Yeah. So you don't know what he's going to do. It doesn't matter. The whole world hangs in the balance, and he doesn't care. He just... He has his <laughs> Wild and crazy grip hook. Look out. <laughs> Grip hook's gone wild. <laughs> Grip hook, goblins gone wild. Things get a little goblins out of hand. With, goblins with low self-esteem. <laughs> oh no! Are there any girl goblins? I don't know. Yeah, there has to be. How do they procreate? It could be magic. No. Maybe they like goblin eggs. I don't even anyway, know. anyway, moving along here. You know they're they're really desperate here at this point. Uh, but who uh, who decides to come in and uh, and visit? Um, but our friend, Mister Doobie. Mm, no Doobie. No Doobie. No Doobie. No Doobie. No Doobie. No Doobie. Oh, no. Let's call him Doobie. That's Dobby. like a joint. No, but that's what my little nephew calls him. I wish I have a clip of him. Oh, that'd be great. He's so afraid. No he's not afraid of Voldemort or anybody else, but he's afraid of Dobby. Dobby's freaky. <laughs> so he doesn't like to watch Chamber of Secrets because of Dobby. Which is just a cute little aside. I apologize. Anyway. Um, yeah, Dobby operates in it out of nowhere. Good thing he wasn't there two seconds earlier when Malfoy was there. Yeah, so we're all wondering, like, what the hell? We didn't ask for Dobby. We asked for Dumbledore in the class. And uh, Dobby shows up. Okay, at this point, we, we had already gotten um, Creature's story at this point, earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. I, that was a good way to, like, how Creature was able to operate out of the cave, you know. Right. And so um, it was a nice way to establish the fact that ma- like elf magic wait, is different. Wait, wait, wait. Was Creature able to operate out or did he just figure out and get home? No, he had a, was he there- operated out because his master told him to come back. Yeah. And that that overrides it cuz like his ma- like their magic works that way. He was able to just how the the uh, wizards can't operate in and out. Yeah. of the of the basement. Right. He wouldn't have been able to unless his master had told him to go home. Yeah, it seems like that magic is the most powerful huh. of any of the elf magic. And just like and I think especially like not getting ahead of this but earlier when Dobby's upstairs it's pretty cool because it's like he stands up to both those witches, you know what I mean? And puts them in their place and is able to stop them. And it's one of those things that a freed elf is like, if he doesn't have that constraint anymore, of his magic isn't working against him to bind him anymore. Right. Because like, that's part of their nature, I would imagine, because the magic is so strong, but that's how they have to listen to their masters too, because it's woven into their being. And being freed of it, like his own magic is his cage in a sense, because it works in conjunction of service. Which they actually enjoy for the most part. But Dobby being free, a free elf is, imagine, quite dangerous. Because he can do whatever he darn well pleases. Like, he, I don't know. So he doesn't have, like, that whole magic of being able to... So, like, that magic that would 
keep him in compliance mm -hmm. isn't there anymore. It's just his own now. What if you ordered a house elf to like make you a golden egg? You'd find a way to do it, I'd imagine. Right. Or it'd punish itself, I guess. Well, so, just, yeah, but... Anyway. I'm, I'm, nothing I don't can, know where we are. Nothing can hold the house elf down. They're Basically, trying to come up with a plan to get out of there because they want to know, can we get can you get humans out with you, Dobby? And Dobby's all like, yeah, probably. I'll get, give it a shot. And he's like, yes. Uh, and as this but is, but Dobby is not... Harry is not Dobby's master. Dobby's free. Right. I know. Right. So... But they're asking wait, nicely. Free elf, do you have the biggest magic in the world? You can do whatever you want? That's what I was just saying. That's what my little tangent know. was I'm about. That's maybe like, like, it's pretty powerful. Maybe he's less powerful. I would think he's more powerful oh. because the magic... I would imagine he has the same amount of magic as any other elf. Like, But the first part, most elves, their magic is subject to their master okay. and the master's will. Right. And so they have this big pool of magic, but it's only relative to what they have been instructed to do or allowed to do. And now a freed elf does not have that constraint anymore. So his magic does not work against him anymore. It okay. just is there for his own use. All right. I don't sure. Know. We'll go along with that. So as they're sorting all this out, uh, they send Wormtail down to figure out what the heck is going on. Because there's a ruckus. There is a ruckus. Send Wormtail, because he'll handle Son, it. Wormtail knows how to fix it. Let's see he has that silver glove. Send him downstairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah send him. So, send him down, this is everybody's thinking, oh, it's the redemption of Wormtail. He's going to be a nice guy after all. And Joe's like, actually, he's more real than this, and my story is more real than this, and I'll show you what would happen in this situation. And uh, we have a fun little clip. Wandless, helpless, Pettigrew's pupils dilated in terror. His eyes had slid from Harry's face to something else. His own silver fingers were moving inexorably toward his own throat. No! Without pausing to think, Harry tried to drag back the hand, but there was no stopping it. The silver tool that Voldemort had given his most cowardly servant had turned upon its disarmed and useless owner. Uh. Pettigrew was reaping his reward for his hesitation, his moment of pity. He was being strangled before their eyes. So yeah, freaking brilliant. Want, if you don't... What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was Pettigrew went. <laughs> <laughs> or Pettigrew. <laughs> oh, or. Oh, Super Mario. Um, If you don't. Tune into our live shows. You're missing something because John and Frank just reenacted that whole scene. Yes, stream. It was pretty funny. Yes. So um, brilliant then, spell. I love it. How you know um, it takes us back all the way to Goblet of Fire when he gets his hand, and he gets it because he is the servant that was there to give up his hand to bring Voldemort back. You'd think Voldemort would be super appreciative of this, and he gives him a hand back. Only it's cursed that if he were to ever betray. Uh, Voldemort, he'd get killed. And it's funny because Voldemort knows Pettigrew well enough to know that well, he has a history of betraying people. Yeah, and it's funny too because he's like, someone who's weak enough to will, like, who's weak enough in character to give up a hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not weak enough, but I guess, yeah. And you know what I mean? Of that long, that lines, 
it's kind of like, well, if he's doing this yeah. here, he might move through there. So like, if one person lies to you about somebody, you're like, well, you're lying about that person to me. So I don't know if I'm going to trust you when you lie about and you tell me others. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. And so it's like, yeah. what I just find interesting though is that this is the only instance we seem to see uh, this like magic based in loyalty uh, used here. And you'd think that putting a dark mark on somebody would be a perfect opportunity to build that curse in as well. So if you've marked someone as your Death Eater, wouldn't it be a really convenient spell to have on them if they were to ever turn on you, you know, like Snape, they would be poisoned or something from this tattoo in their skin. And it's, it's, this magic is only seems to be reserved I think, for Wormtail. I think, well, I think there's a form of that magic. It's just not as powerful because I think the fact that when they're marked and they don't show up, they all ended up dead. I think he was able to find them based on the mark. Like, he he found mm-hmm. Karkaroth. I'm pretty sure the dark mark was like a homing beacon. So if they don't come to him, he'll go to them. Type of I thing. guess that would make sense. If he could bring them... Like, if he can call them, he yeah. can find them. Sure. I, and I think just the hand is more of just an intense kind of... Would involve much more astute magic because it lingers and it would just attack rather than inform. Yeah. All right. I don't know. All very interesting. Very good chat, guys. I liked that chat. I um, liked that chat. It was fun. Moving moving along here, um, you know, after uh, Ron and Harry tried to actually save Wormtail from himself, which is quite noble and Gryffindor of them, of course. Uh, but, it, you know, way too late. Um, well, also, they're trying to stop Voldemort from committing another murder or Voldemort from controlling the situation. You know, Voldemort doesn't get to decide that yeah. that Pettigrew dies. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that they just, they it's almost, Harry. it says that Harry doesn't even really react. He just instinctively creds to pull the right. hand away, mm-hmm. which I like. That is like a tribute to just Harry's character, despite what Pettigrew has done. Yeah. Just his second nature is like, no, don't, you know. And so yeah. even though what would it accomplish if he would have saved them? Him going upstairs and ratting him out. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. exactly. Well, maybe they thought at that moment that, uh, you know, maybe Wormtail had second thoughts on hurting them and maybe he could help get them out. Who knows? That's true. But it said, the book says he just kind of instinctively pulled his hand back. Yeah. All right. So All right, uh, well. we, lose, we lose Wormtail and um, we go out, you know, the scene breaks back upstairs and Griphook's all, you know, being questioned by Bellatrix and she's like, well, what's the deal? You know, is it. Uh, that's exactly how she said it. Yo, what's give me the, the lowdown, Ripple. What's the deal with this sword? So he's all like, yeah, it's a fake. I'm quite sure. And Bellatrix is like, yay! And, and like, then she cuts him in his face for no reason at all. She's all, you so happy, I shall cut you on your face. It's so weird. She's like yeah. me. This is what happens when you... Uh, cut your face. Yeah, when you annoy me, says Bellatrix. So, She's like a pissy cat. Get away. Yeah. So uh, this very interesting okay. bit happens here. Uh, we get a little flash of Voldemort through Harry's skull. And we see what's going on with Voldemort, which we, if we recall from our previous uh, Half-Blood Bitties, or not Half-Blood Bitties, Bit by Bits from last week, Here's um, the thing. Voldemort's Here's... over with what's-his-face. Here's the thing. This happened. This happens because um, Harry, because Bellatrix touches her dark mark. That's why Harry hears it. Uh, season. Does that? Does this mean? And I guess this makes a lot of sense. But does this mean also maybe a tiny remnant, not a full piece? Maybe it's just like connected to Voldemort's soul. Ah. Um. Well, I guess. Well, yeah. Because the only reason he can 
You, you can it? see Voldemort is because of the soul connect. The, the, the no, 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 no. You're I, saying I mean, that the dark, the dark mark magic is connected to, to Voldemort, and if she's trying to summon Voldemort, it summons the main Voldemort and Horcrux's Voldemort in some way, and that maybe that's why it triggered. Because Harry's scar immediately feels like it's going to burst yeah. out of his head. I always thought it was because Voldemort left instructions that you do not contact me unless you get the boy. And so the fact that he's being summoned regardless, right. it's like, oh, like they would not contact me unless there's something to tell me. And the only thing I, that I told them to tell me about is they find Potter. And so the fact he's being contacted is like Potter comes to yeah. mind immediately. And like, that's what, well, I assume that but, was a connection. But look I, like, at the text. At once, Harry's scar felt as though it had split open again. His true surroundings vanished. He was Voldemort, and the skeletal wizard before him was laughing toothlessly at him. He was enraged at the summons he felt. He had warned them. He had told them to summon him for nothing less than Potter. If they were mistaken, and then he has this whole conversation with Grindelwald before he starts thinking about Harry. So it's not that he feels it, and it's like, oh, ah, Well, he just said well, Potter. He just was thinking about Potter. He says, like, he had warned them not to call me unless they found Potter. And I know, but if it was true that the burn makes him, just fills him with so much rage about potter mm-hmm. then that he wouldn't have this conversation with grindelwald before before having the thought of oh, they found the boy you know I what mean, i mean well if he that can still was think about her Harry's head did that then it would be because harry was was well one had such a violent reaction yeah. the violent reaction comes a couple of couple of sentences later yeah hmm. hard to know i never thought of it that way but i mean i'm not opposed to it i just yeah. think mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just always assumed it was the other way. Yeah. So Voldemort is over there, uh, basically getting frustrated with Grindelwald, and um, Grindelwald's all telling him how, like, you're never gonna be the master of the sword, and you suck, and you know, leave me alone. And uh, Voldemort's pissed. Kill me. The master of the Kill sword. Kill me then. Not demanded the old man. Want. You will oh. not win. You cannot win. That wand will never, ever be yours! And Voldemort's fury broke. A burst of green light filled the prison room, and the frail old body was lifted from its hard bed, and then fell back, lifeless. Aw, oh, poor Grindelwald. No, it really feels too sorry for him. I'm glad he was repentant, but still. Somewhere in the universe, Dumbledore sheds a single tear for Grindelwald. All right, so we're back into uh, where Harry and all them are at, and um, uh, Bellatrix says the uh, fatal uh, death sentence pretty much on Hermione. She's all, oh, let you know what's his face. Let uh, oh, the werewolf oh. have him. Yeah, that'll She's be a mud delicious. Yeah, and so <laughs> <laughs> at that moment, Ron decides to be the hero and jumps in with his little expelliarmus. And uh, wait, works, wait, wait, right? whose one did he take? What are you talking about? He got um, Wormtail's wand? Uh, I think so, right? That's right. That would make sense. Um, I forgot. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So. Um, no, 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 no. Ron, Ron tries to do it, but but Bellatrix holds the wand to Hermione's throat. And so he, he, he drops the holds a knife to Hermione's throat, so he drops the wand. It's a scene we've seen in so many movies, you know, yeah, when yeah, she yeah. dies. Well, she, Bellatrix loses her wand. Right. Uh, but she still got has a knife, and yeah, it, it is it is Wormtail's wand here, just to, to clarify. And uh, so you know, everybody else in the room, you know, the Malfoys and Greyback are all, you know, um, what happens next? But uh, a bit of an explosion caused by what? 
Who knows? It, it unscrews the other way. The chandelier just comes crashing down on the floor. And Phantom of the Opera. It's a kind of a brilliant diversion because it's the it's what would make what would make Bellatrix drop Hermione and run something that you know to save her own life. So yeah. it was really smart of Dobby to cause that. The yeah. chandelier drops. She leaves uh, Hermione and the Goblin just under tons of crystal and glass and of course ron runs to get her while harry's trying to to um to to take care of business but this very 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 important thing happens here yeah and we everybody misses it and joe makes a very important point that everybody will miss it as Uh ron ran to pull hermione out of the wreckage harry took the chance he leapt leapt over an armchair and rested the three wands from draco's grip so that one little tiny moment of yeah. bravery of guts of whatever it was mm-hmm. that is the moment on which the entire fate of their world it's insane now harry is the master of the elder one and i love that it wasn't even magic he uses he just wrestles them away from draco he's like mine not for you her editors had said to her this should be a bit of a more dramatic moment and she said no i want it to be very small these teenage boys rustling over you know, you know, tangling over this, this tiny item. I want it to be very almost inconspicuous. Yeah, that this is why it happened. Yeah. So, uh, so Bellatrix and Narcissa and all them are like, "Oh my God, Dobby, how could you totally do that? To us? You're supposed to be like, you know, you know, a Malfoy elf." And <laughs> Dobby's all like, "Hells no, no. <laughs> I'm not a Malfoy elf. I'm a free elf." And uh, you should leave everybody alone because I'm awesome. And uh, I, actually, I want to I wanna hear him say that. The tiny elf trotted into the room, his shaking finger pointing at his old mistress. You must not hurt Harry Potter! Yeah! He squeaked. Kill him, sissy! Shrieked Bellatrix. But there was another loud crack. And Narcissus one too flew into the air and landed on the other side of the room. And you dirty little monkey! Bald <laughs> How dare you take a witch's wand? How dare you defy your masters? Dobby has no master! Squealed the elf. Dobby is a free elf! And Dobby has come to save Harry Potter and his friends! Yes! We love you, Dobby. I can't deal with this. No, Dobby. This is going to a bad place. No, Dobby. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's all right. We're almost I like there. how all of, like, all elf magic has cracks. Crack! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elves do crack. Uh, Melissa's fell asleep, apparently, here. Oh, there she goes. No. <laughs> You're a thing for us. I don't want to talk, because I'm upset. Oh, I know. I'm thinking about, thinking about Dobby. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they're gonna come down, and, uh, Harry gives, uh, Ron a wand and all that, and, uh, they hop over the chandelier, and, uh, and they're about ready to, uh, disapparate, and, uh, unfortunately for all of us, for that, we see a silly little monkey, a flash of silver, I didn't even notice this happening, I didn't notice this until, like, my third read-through, that this is what happened here. Really? It took me, when... When the little, it got me until when the little elf stood feet from him that I went, oh God, oh no, yeah, oh no, and that was it. Well, yeah. Like, it was funny because she kept pointing, like a few times in the chapter, she she would make reference to the silver of the knife, silver, silver, 
And then when it said flash of silver, I'm like, mm. all right. And then, I, and then I was like, no. <laughs> and then the the part when it says the dark stain spreading across his chest, I was oh. like, no. <laughs> I thought that like in the middle of apparition here that somehow the sort of Gryffindor stabbed him by accident. I remember you saying it one time. Like he fell that on the is, sword. That would be horrible if he Can fell on Gryffindor's if, sword. It's like Harry's fault. <laughs> what a way to go. It's awful. That would have been horrible. Oh, so uh, all the more reason to hate Bellatrix. Very dramatic here. Because she's... Dobby! Not- the elf swayed slightly. John! Stars reflected in his wide, shining eyes. Together... He and Harry looked down at the silver hilt of the knife protruding from the elf's heaving chest. <gasps> Toppy! No! Toppy, no! Help! Harry bellowed toward the cottage, toward the people moving there. Help! He did not know or care whether they were wizards or muggles, friends or foes. All he cared about was that a dark stain was spreading across Dobby's front. And that he had stretched out his thin arms to Harry with a look of supplication. (laughs) Harry caught him and laid him sideways on the cool grass. Dobby? No. Don't die. Don't die. The elf's eyes found him, and his lips trembled with the effort to form words. Harry! Potter! And then, with a little shudder, the elf became quite still, and his eyes were nothing more than great glassy orbs, sprinkled with light from the stars they could not see. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is a horribly beautiful line. a beautiful, sad line. a horribly line. beautiful line. <laughs> stars sprinkled with the see. light of the, of the stars that he could not see. Yeah, it's one um, of my favorite lines in all the books. <laughs> okay so anyway thank you for joining us for a half of videos here let me play a little victory music that's not victory music but it's gonna it's work pleasant. <laughs> it's pleasant music let's it's shake it up again music because put the little half foot biddies here guys drop by drop it's a long song ding dong we don't listen to the whole thing do we what wait what is it going to be a title sequence too? There's no title sequence yet. I haven't made the title sequence. Okay, well then we can start talking, right? Alright. Alright, and we're here with half Flip Biddies. Look how magical this is. Pottercast is magic now. This is great. So, picking up half Flip Biddies, guys, uh, in case you don't know what this is, in case you're new to our show... Uh, we're taking uh, half Blood prints a little bit at a time, just like we just did Deathly Hallows a little bit at a time. And no one remembers where we are on Drop by Drop because it's been about four or five episodes. But our best estimate <laughs> is that um, we are um, after we see Fred and George's shop. And uh, I'm not going to play the movie for you in its entirety because that would get us in trouble. But we're going to clip along here a little bit in uh, this little uh, magical movie here. So... Uh, we uh, are leaving uh, Fred and George's, and we are following a couple suspicious characters. Who knows what their names are? Anybody remember? Ooh, maybe it's the Malfoys? The Malfoys? We don't want to hear it, though. Let me turn on the volume. The Malfoys don't mind their manners. They do not mind their Malfoy manners? They mind their Malfoy manners, but they don't uh, mind their manners. All right, so, firstly, actually, they walk into Ollivander's, which is... All kinds of sad. Oh, I know. Because it's, we get a walk in there in a couple months. Ah! <laughs> Walking in uh, in Orlando. 
but I don't think it will be destroyed such as this. No, because it's after book four. But how, like, this is this just really hit me when I saw this, because it's like, I loved the first movie, and I loved the first book. Yeah. And uh, this was one of the most, the very first magical moment, really. Well, I mean, it's just, it's... In the movie. It's what, on, wands are kind of what make wizards wizards, because that's one of the things that covets, like, wand use and wand lore. It's something that the wizards are unique to. They, they, they talk about it in the books, and how... Even the goblins and whatnot, they get all upset because, like, why don't you teach us Walmart? Why don't you teach us how to work metal like you? Like, there's just all this tension. And so, like, a wand is what gives its wizard its power. And the fact that the wand maker's gone, like, Voldemort's really, like, striking at the heart of the wizarding community. It's just, it's really, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He didn't intentionally take Ollivander for that. He was selfishly taking Ollivander to learn about the right. Elder Wand. But just, it's one of those things, and it, it, like, and what's interesting is Voldemort is so, like, pro-wizard that you would think he would encourage wand-making and stuff like that, but he doesn't realize what his obsessions did. His obsession is hurting his regime as well, because he wants wizard domina- world wa- wizard domination, like, wizards mm-hmm. to rule the world. But how can they do that without proper utensils and, like, yeah. services and stuff? So, like, the fact he took the wand-maker and just, dist- like... I don't know, it's just kind of a, it's just, it's a nice kind of foreshadowing of his self-destruction. Yeah, it shows how their arrogance is so unabated and so not long-term thinking. Like, it's like Scar in The Lion King. Oh, Scar. arrogant, he wants his own aims, but when when his regime goes into place, their whole economy and their whole way of life and their whole, the you know, their whole, forgive the pun, the, the cliche, but circle of life, it all gets disrupted. Yeah. So he's what he, Voldemort's doing. He's just, he's destroying their entire, their entire functionality. Yeah. In 20, like, he's not thinking about what's going to happen in 20 years when the quote-unquote immortal Voldemort is still around, but you can't get bread, you know? <laughs> yeah. True. The chat wants to know, what do you think happened with all those wands? Hmm. Do you think um, he took him, or do you think he just destroyed him because he's like, whatever, I have my wand? Well, in the book, in the book, it's not really addressed, and I'd imagine the book it would be like once all once Elevander was gone, I'd imagine that the um, oh, but we don't in in the book, it's not like he was broken in; it's just his shop was gone, yeah. so you don't know if he was taken or not. So I think it's they probably yeah, he probably did take him, and he was just a little bit more like they were just sneaky about it. Because they made him kind of pack up stuff or just kind of, and then took Ollivander. Yeah. Huh, I never thought of that. It's interesting. What did happen to all those wands? And how many wands did he have in stock at, at a time? God, probably hundreds, if not over a thousand. And how long I did it take to make the a magic, wand? Yeah, I think the way the magic probably works is that he just made the wand that it felt feels right to make at that moment. And he knows yeah. that out there it matches somebody somewhere. He's just yeah. making, like, it gets a good unicorn hair and then, then feels what's right for. Yeah, I imagine it's very intuitive. I would love yeah. to see, like, the little... I want to be a wand maker! The, the adventures of Ollivander, where he goes to, like, the, the farm to, like, get all the hairs for the unicorns and, like, the dragon heart strings and all this nonsense. Yeah, that's crazy. He only used phoenix, phoenix tail, dragon heart string, and unicorn. Yeah, nothing else. And then, like, what did uh, Rorovich use? What other did he, did he use that Ollivander Well, the use? hair of the... Uh, Vila. The Vila. The Vila, that's right. The Vila hair is different. And didn't someone have one with, like, part of a mermaid in it or something? Or yeah, I think crazy? so. And, um... Who had... What did Crumb have? He had dragon heart string. Yeah. Oh, that makes and sense. a curvy, weird-looking wand. 
Well, wasn't that's from the movie, John. I know the movie. The movie makes these big like interpretations. Like Umbridge has this stubby little wand. Which well, she does have a little wand. It's like five inches. Five inch wand. Her, her little wand's like, I wonder if all the men is making it like, who's going to use this? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> hello, this little <laughs> tiny <laughs> little wand. Right 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 She's like, I want that one right there. I want that one. <laughs> it's short and plump like me. <laughs> all right. So we see uh, the Malfoys. They're like, what do you think Malfoy's doing there? He looks pretty shady. So uh, they follow him down into... Um, the uh, Nocturne Alley here, and uh, because that's just, you know, definitely where all dark magic meetings would occur. Uh, they pass a crazy homeless guy, and homeless guys are like, eh, I'm looking at a wall. What's going on? So, and they're Borgen and Burks, of course. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know why you guys get so upset they're Borgen and Burks. What? Because it's so obvious. They should be, like, at some crazy, like, Chinese restaurant in the kitchen, like, in a back room or something, like the mafia. the mafia? Exactly. But it's one of those things that no one goes to Nocturne Alley. But the, if I was law enforcement, I would always have they Nocturne don't Alley go to Nocturne under surveillance. Alley. Yes, they do. They're law enforcement. That's the, why would the ministry be afraid of, no, dark right. wizards, oh, no. Right. It's like if something is announced, this is a place where criminals hang out. Yeah. Cops stay but, there. You have to go someplace. But look at the Malfoys. They are on top of society. So the fact that they they skirt the law. Yeah. So like they're like if someone were confronted, they're like, "I'm sorry, you have no proof. We're just just shopping." That's all well and good, except they're looking around like they're they want to be sure nobody's following them. That's not the attitude they're having. They're having the oh god, hope nobody knows we're going to the most evil place. Of course, (laughs) of course that they look like that. But at the same time, if they're confronted, like I don't know, like just I guess it doesn't bother me. You're by a shrunken head for my bus. You know, BFD. Well, they had those... Alfonso told me I could buy them here. Stupid. Stop. It's inconsistent. It's not, it's not inconsistent. It's stupid criminal activity, which is rampant through the Harry Potter books. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids climb up a roof and they're like, hey, maybe we can see from the roof. Uh, all too easy to get on a roof these days. Well, that, that's like, they're like, we're there. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think he didn't pass your operation test. I want a good aerial shot, so let's get on the roof. So uh, the kids are all peering over the thing, and Greyback's all like, oh, I would be so much scarier if I had a line, but I don't. <laughs> well, they cut his lines out. They did cut his lines out. I wonder if they had, scary. I wonder if they, like, were too concerned that the werewolf would be like, oh, it's too much like Twilight. No, surely not. Surely I think it was just that, oh, it's too scary for our younger audience, so we can't have, like, this weird old man that likes to eat kids' blood on screen. I think you're, again, we have proof that you're 100% incorrect. I don't approve of the proof. What proof is this? Yeah, I know. It's John Noe's world. We all just live in it. Nonsense. What proof (laughs) is it? There was, we know somebody who read an earlier draft of the script and says that it's hands down much scarier than it was. But specifically just, about Greyback, though? No, but... Because I'm saying they think Greyback, in particular, was a different kind of scary. The idea that there was right, an adult sorry. out there it's, that ate children was too over the top. I think it's just a clunky storyline to introduce in an already crowded plot-wise movie, and it was something they could get rid of. It would have made things confusing. Oh, yeah, and he's a werewolf and he eats kids and whatever. Like... It's just, it's just, it's too much. If I was streamlining, I would have ditched that. It's one of those things that Finweir communicates visually, and yeah. he's intimidating visually already, so I can see why they would snip some stuff out, because they can afford to with him. 
because he's yeah. like, he's oh, the, he's... they didn't snip out like huge like soliloquies or anything. They slipped out every single but it's thing. It's never about said. snipping out huge soliloquies. It's always about snipping out tiny things. Always. That's how right. they get. That's what they do at the end. Oh, and no. I, I just way a hundred billion percent believe more that that was it before I believe. Oh, they thought. Gee, this person is too scary for people. Never mind the 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 gross things we've shown in the past: drinking blood out of dead animals, throwing babies into cauldrons, cutting off oh. people's hands. You know that stuff wasn't scary. You don't enough. think that they that they that they look at different ways things can be scary, and they say, "Oh, everybody sees people get shot all the time. We're numb to that." But there's not different things that they would You're qualify as less appropriate. You're you're numb to somebody slicing their hand off. I could see why they would be a little concerned if it if it branches into the pedophilia area of the <laughs> werewolf. Because he, he had a line of this guy telling Jenny she smelled good and she's in a bathrobe running around in the water. Now so? this this is not cut for time, this is cut for other reasons. How could well, that not be, be just cut no, okay, for okay, time? Wait, it could in be, your opinion. It could be I, both. This is all my opinion. I don't have inside knowledge, but the, you don't need the, to that whole scene, that whole scene was silent. Maybe that was the decision. Okay, so moving along here a bit further, we have some beautiful shots of the train. And uh, we see Miss Jenny and Miss Luna talking about stuff. Uh, Luna's trying to sell her some. Uh, that creepy pygmy pup is not cute. <laughs> it has this, like, little old man face on, like, a puffy pink body. It's. They could have made him cute, like a little. They could have given him a little, like like mouse eyes or like dark eyes, like a goat or something like, like that. Gremlin? But give him like big, big creepy furby eyes. Oh, I wasn't a fan of Bonnie in this scene. No, you know, Bonnie's all like, "Hey, you're my friend that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm gonna be excited to see you. I might give you a hug." No scoop hug. I'm just gonna be all like, "Oh, you got a magazine. Wonderful. Okay, that's fantastic. I'm gonna stand over here with this special effect on my shoulder." Excellent. So, no, the thing that I didn't like was, oh, I'd love one of, yeah. the, of the newspaper. <laughs> yes, please give me oh. a copy of your. Magazine. I would like a copy of the Scribulus. <laughs> I would like a copy. Wait, please. Uh, it's not Scribulus. Uh, this What's is called Quibbler. Quibbler. <laughs> uh, we we published a Scribulus. <laughs> yeah, we do. Okay, and so Luna's moving around. We have this. Beautiful um, shot of uh, the entire train as we move into what should be Slytherin headquarters. Uh, is it not? I don't know. We're into Harry and Ron and Hermione quarters first, then Slytherin quarters. So Harry's all like, honestly, what could Malfoy be doing? What do you guys think he's doing? And uh, Ron says, you're barking for some reason. <laughs> That's such a good shot. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, Harry's like, I'm totally not barking. I think this is like legitimate. We should be looking out for Malfoy this year. And they're all like, oh. I like this is one of my favorite Ron lines. He goes, "It's a creepy shop. He's a creepy bloke." Yeah, yes, yeah. That's very Ron. Yeah, it's very Ron. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what's there's nothing else to it than that. He's, he's a creepy guy. We've known this from year one. And um, Hermione's like, I don't want to take sides because I still haven't decided who I'm going to make out with yet. And uh, so they're like, all right, well, we can't make up our minds on this, so let's just proceed and see what the Slytherin kids are doing. And Which I like the Slytherin area. It's nice to see that the whole train isn't just a bunch of train, you know, like the same. Like, I like how that area of trains just, it's different. Yeah. So uh, Harry decides she's going to go see what the Slytherin kids are doing along with us. 
uh, which gives us an opportunity to actually follow them because we generally don't see things outside of what Harry sees. True. So Harry's all like, here's some of uh, this uh, Peruvian dark powder that I stole from Fred and George. <laughs> and um, it knocks out all the lights. Oh, no. And it's just like, I wonder if, you know, anyone in that compartment had uh, um, a magical instrument that would turn off the lights. And they're like, no, hold up. This is only book six. Um, so... Uh, well, you couldn't great. suck the sun up in the illuminator. What if it could? How powerful would that be? That would be weird. That would mess up everybody. <laughs> that would be so crazy. Pull the sun into the illuminator. <laughs> I think that illuminator might be a little too hot at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might burn a hole in your pants. Yeah, exactly. So Drake was all like, I don't even like this school. I wish I would have transferred years ago, but this will be my last term here, I bet. Wow, and, we're still uh, just getting the hot words, aren't we? New, new Pansy Parkinson's all like, come on, Draco, it's going to be totally fine. So they get all the way to Hogwarts, and uh, Draco thinks he might see an invisible Harry up there. I don't know, maybe he knows his smell. Um, and uh, Hagrid's all like, first years and that whole routine. And uh, Ron and Hermione don't care where Harry is, so they're going to leave the train. And, um, and Draco's like, I'm going to go do something. Inappropriate. Because yeah. normally so in the books they have prefect duties. But That's not true. In the no, they're not prefects here. Uh, oh, he gets them right here. It's dangerous. And uh, this, all of these spells work right through the invisibility cloak. Because it's not affecting his cloak. What do you mean? It doesn't affect his visibility. It protects him from being revealed. Not but being affected doesn't, by magic. Doesn't this how could, cloak? How, how could Dumbledore put a binding charm on him then if it protected him from everything? And Dumbledore's powerful. I've never understood this. It's just it didn't affect the fact that he was still invisible. Does there or does there not ever mention the fact that this special cloak can be a shield against certain charms and spells? Revealing ones. That's all? That's what I would imagine. Oh. Wait, repeat. I'm, I'm, you lost it can't me. be repeat. a magic force field for everything. Invisibility cloak does not repel like minor charms. It only repels revealing charms and all that. Well, obviously, just no, look, it in the books, everything. I don't understand this either. I think they got this wrong. No, because look in the, in the book, Dumbledore binds Harry underneath the invisibility cloak, and he sits there and watches as he dies. Hmm. The cloak can't protect you from everything. That goes against what the cloak was made for. It was by death. He he eluded death. He didn't. He wasn't protected from death. Huh. Good point about Dumbledore. Yeah, but Dumbledore actually doesn't freeze Harry. Remember, Harry is just walking around underneath. Shut him. up. I'm no, but that's a very good point. About Dumbledore. <laughs> the, the, the cloak is supposed to be impervious to spells. Yeah. It wouldn't be impervious to like a Nevada Kedavra because nothing right. blocks about it. But it's impervious. Like the cloak is impervious. I don't think the wearer is. Because well, at least oh, for that one the case, the Dumbledore. The is not... Because it's it's like the cloak. The whole point of the cloak is it keeps him visible and conceals you. Yeah, and it's very powerful. Can the fact that cannot be compromised? The fact except for uh, except for Matt right, seeing but through the person it. under it can still get affected by by that, spell, that's, but the person has to get through the through the invisibility cloak. Right. Well, I mean, it's just am I like I don't know. Dumbledore froze him. The end. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, I never got wh- why that was confusing too much. Yeah. That's just me. So Draco's all like, that's for my father, you jerk. And he stomps on his face. and he says, That's for Jason Isaacs. He's not in this film. Yeah. He's really upset about it. So he puts his little cloak back on. You think, you know, if I was Draco, I would have taken that cloak and be like, it's mine now. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird that he's all like, "What if you can have it back?" I don't want anyone. No, to find he's you. because that's how you. That's how you send. It's the only way he can send Harry back to. Oh, that's right. Because he puts it back on him. London. Yeah, he's like, "Have fun in London," and uh, and then Tonks comes in. Yeah, Tonks shows up with respect, specs, and she. Well, she all... just she just decided to look like Luna. She I know she she totally has that ability, and uh, so she's like, "Hey, I'm Tonks. Look how trippy everything is." <laughs> and uh, she sees all of these goofy little fireflies around Harry's head, and uh, and somehow manages to knock his cloak off with a uh, uh, what spell was it that she uses here? Uh, finite. She just finite um, removed the cloak spell. Yeah, it makes no sense. It makes well, no she, sense. She she removed the binding charm. Yes, but the cloak also flew off. Yeah, mm. but Harry it, did that. Here's a little bit of fun. Uh, filmmaking uh, trivia for you. Her specter specs were completely opaque and she could not see a lick where she was going when <laughs> nice. she was wearing these. Uh, so she just had to walk in a straight line and remember how far ahead she had to stop. And uh, pretty fun prop there. Nice. And uh, so she is his rescuer and they hop off the train at LAX with a dream and the invisibility. Okay. <laughs> and um I think this is about as far as Everybody's we're going to go. Everybody's seen here. the movie, so I know. So um, yeah, we get up to the point where uh, they're hanging out with, uh, <laughs> hanging out with uh, what's his face? Here's Flitwick. Flitwick. It's like you're late for choir practice. Wait, wait, wait look it. What? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Okay. I was so, going to say like the founder of. Of um, Ravenclaw was a, a girl, and then right. the head is a guy, and then Hufflepuff is Huff the same, and Slytherin is the same, Hufflepuff is the same, and then Gryffindor got switched. Gryffindor got switched for now. Anyway, until Neville takes over. Yeah, Neville. Neville's. All right, I think this is as far as we're going with the biddies this week. I think so. They're uh, checking their bags through security here. It's, it's awful, and all of that, and we'll get to that. Yeah, it's worse up. than Heathrow. Yeah, it's worse than Heathrow. Where Harry is, is this? Probably a problem here. Let's um, do the drums. We should be concerned. So yeah, uh, click the thing. Right. Hey. 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 Good times. All right. So we're here in the wrap up. It's the drums. Yay, it's the drums. Excited Yay. for the drums. And we have to do over again. Because <laughs> the stupid thing didn't tape. So here we are. Um, We're going to read you guys uh, some of your uh, your emails. But uh, hey, guess what? We're a video show now. So you know what that means, Frankie? What? That means we can actually start taking video voicemails now. What? What? How do you do that? You might How do you do that? Know. I don't know. Uh, you could start by going to YouTube if you haven't already seen that the podcast channel has clips of you video podcasts. Yeah, they yeah. do. So all you, you need to do. You don't want to download do, it from our feed. Yeah. You know. Well, it's only going to be a short teaser, anyhow. We're not putting up our videos on YouTube, but. Um, no, I mean the one you download from the feed isn't the entire show, is it? Um, it's pretty much the entire show on our oh. feed, but on uh, on YouTube, um, we have a highlight clip of the show. And uh, if you want to leave us a video voicemail, all you've got to do is uh, leave us a video response with your webcam and all of that that you should know how to do. And uh, if we like it, we'll put it in the show. Nice. Cool. But, but for now, we have some snail mail uh, email uh, <laughs> guys here. 
Um, starting if you send to staff at podcast.com and friendly Chloe, the witchy helper, will usually give you a friendly response. Um, Frankie, someone named uh, Magali says that you were right in episode 212 when you said that Alfonso's candy skulls and all of that were part of his heritage. And uh, I, I think I just said but the, I didn't like the shrunken skulls. But the shrunken but I heads, appreciate the yeah. The shrunken heads were not are not in any way part of Mexican culture. I think it was just the idea of the skulls. Period. The shrunken head thing comes from a play um, called the Shrunken Head Apotropia. It comes from the. Well, it doesn't come from a play, but the only connection to Mexico is with this play. All right. Uh, as Google tells me. So. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Google. Um. Someone noticed that uh, they can't find the Goblet of Fire commentary or some of the other commentaries, which is kind of a bummer. So, good reminder, guys. Um, we have done commentaries to every movie that's been out so far. Frankie's not in most of them, but uh, maybe one day we'll we'll get him in the, some new ones. I'm almost been here two years now, guys. Next month, two years. Aww. A doodle anniversary. Um, someone named Morgan says... In book five, Mrs. Fig was talking to Harry about Mendungus, and he was, uh, that he was supposed to be watching him, and she mentions that Mr. Tibbles told her. And she wants, the piece person wants to know, how did Mr. Tibbles actually warn her? Can Mrs. I never Fig realized talk Mr. to cats? I never realized Mr. Tibbles was a cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Tibbles was a neighbor. <laughs> what? Tibbles, Fluffy, and Paws are her cats. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Wow, how did Mr. Tibbles tell her? Maybe it's a measle and it tells <laughs> it can, it can, it can, that's What's possible. that, Mr. Tibbles? <laughs> Harry Potter's down a well? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's down a well. Run. I think the cat can, it can sign. There's no sign language. Mm, it's possible. Well, good question, Morgan. Thank you for that. Um, Talking cats are always a highlight of my life. Uh, this person says, um, uh, We have learned from uh, the seventh book that if a wand is taken by force, a wand will only work properly for its new master. And why, during the years when a wand was taken by force from an opponent, did the wand continue to work for the witch or wizard it was taken from, particularly wands of the DA during the fifth book, and they were practicing the Expelliarmus charm? We have Joe asked, actually Joe addresses this. that. Joe answered this. And what did Joe say? That it, when you're just practicing, it's not It's not like that. The wand, you know, it knows. The wand knows. Being. It knows. You're just practicing. You're messing around. It's a, in a real, I am trying to gain power from you moment. That's and it depends on the wand as well. Because the, the allegiance of the Elder Wand was so cut and dry, black and white, because it was such a right. ruthless wand. Other wands that are just more, you know, like... Honestly, I think they're they're just. It, I think it depends on the temperament of the wand as well. Basically. Wands are really smart. They're sentient. They're, they're closest to being sentient and, and, as an inanimate object can be. They they know that you're fooling around. That's amazing. Well, you, oh, they it, know. It they form a connection and it, and it builds over time. Yeah. It knows your habits and it learns your, your. Like imagine that'd be awesome if I had a pencil that would never run out and it learned with me. So like you'd be like my pencil would be just as apt at drawing as I would be type of oh. thing. That'd be so cool. So you're saying that like they essentially have a, a, a halo connection established I between. I didn't really the, want to bring that up. Between Don't, the wand no. and the, their hair. The next voicemail. <laughs> uh, These are not voicemails, guys. These are emails. Next they're email. The way they're typed. Yes, they are well, typed. It was the, the thing was titled Skype voicemail. So I got Someone confused. says they're wondering if you're planning to put all the podcasts on iTunes. My little brother accidentally deleted them. Son jerk gun. Uh, good, jerk. good question. Good answer. What we've been doing lately when we release uh, podcasts is we've been releasing the most recent five episodes plus uh, like five or ten more at random. 
And um, eventually, though, uh, maybe for a week out of every month, we'll put up every episode on the feed, uh, which is good incentive to subscribe at iTunes. Um, to, uh, to to Pottercast, and there's a link to that right at the very tippy top of Pottercast.com where it says subscribe with iTunes, and uh, you should definitely do that. Um, someone also asked, oh my god, you're putting the video podcast on the feed now, I have a bandwidth cap, you're really killing me. Um, but uh, I promise every week that we do put out a video podcast, I will put the uh, video episode uh, so it comes before the audio episode. So most of your feeds will only download the most recent episode, and we'll give you an opportunity to hit get on the thing to get the video one. And so if you don't want to download it, don't hit get. Uh, it'll say video edition in the title, so you'll know what it is. Um, uh, someone's also wondering what the differences are between the U.S. and the U.K. books. Holy cow, that's a big Very question. Little. Very little. Very little. Yeah, yeah, Dean Thomas isn't in the UK? I doubt that. Dean Thomas is in the UK books. Very little. In the beginning, <laughs> there was a lot of Americanization in the American books because nobody knew J.K. Rowling. They weren't willing to go with her on the Englishisms. As you get later, um, almost none of that occurs. Only if it's something that might be offensive in America do they change it. Oh, that's good to know. Well, uh, that's it, all the emails I have uh, for right now. And... Um, is there anything we'd all like to add to the rest of the show here, guys? What was your, What were you saying about the Lovely Bones, Frack? Oh my gosh, it's a horrible, horrible film. I'm sorry. Why is it a horrible film? Okay, first tell me the book. What? Oh, I mean, the book it's is just about... Ba- the book is about recovering from grief. Okay. The, the movie is a sad... What the movie feels like is there's a bunch of freshman philosophy majors after their first philosophy 101 class watch an episode of CSI and try to tie something else into it. I mean, it is that <laughs> awkward. And even with the confines in its own logic, because the whole thing is about the little girl, like, after she dies, she lingers in the in-between, and she looks back when she shouldn't, and basically she needs to accept the fact that she needs to move on, and death, you know, is not that bad type of thing and whatnot. And so, like, how they... How they, like, avenge the... The, the anta- how they handle the antagonist is they kill him. And it's like, wait, you just spent two hours telling me that's not bad. And they made a really good point of showing all the people he's murdered and got away with, all these little girls that he's he's abused and uh, thrown yeah, in ditches and stuff like this. And then sounds, there's no repercussions. That's totally it sounds as though that movie would have a very different repercussion for him than the little girl who died. I don't... I, it's... It didn't like, make the that movie, clear. No. The, well, it's just... Regardless, I mean, like, if if you look at the message, it's it, you don't know what happens to him after he dies because he just sits you there dead. It, there's no implication of a different world. No, no, then. no, 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 we don't know because it happens right at the end that he dies, and so it's just even. So it's like, it's just really awkward. And because like in ghosts, like the demons come and get the guy. Oh, exactly. Yeah, oh, I mean, so like, scary. no, but in this one, no, he just dies. We don't know what happens. And like, and there are just some really convoluted stuff. It felt like two people made the movie. Either they made it really, they're trying to make it really lighthearted and whimsical. And then there are other scenes that they're trying to make it just very kind of like grim and stoic, which I think would have been better. It's like the Haunted Mansion, right? No, it's no. stupid. Well, the no, you got like, two designers, the scary covering. part. And the okay, wait, part. what happens in the book? Give the me book just a, is, a brief little... Well, the same thing's happened. The first, the opening sentence, you find out the girl, the girl has died and she's speaking to you from the... Whoa, are we giving spoilers here? The opening sentence, John. Whoa. And, um, and, um, 
it's less about her moving on. I mean, though it is a little bit, than about her family moving on. And it's just, there, there's no way to spoil it. You have to read it because you get those emotions in the moment when it all comes together is the moment when the book becomes what it, what it, you know, what it is. Just, you just, it's just one of those things. It's, mm. it's, it was always going to be a better book. It's about the language. It's about the emotions yeah. that the, she was able to weave in with the family and, and what leads them to, the, you know, to how they get there, over. There are some really death. awkward scenes. Cause there's, it's one of those things like, first of all, like the first 45 minutes of the movie, my stomach is in knots because I know this little girl's dying. And I know, like, this guy's gonna do something to her. And I know, and like, and they do a good job of establishing her. And so you're like, she's a cute, she's a good character. Mm. And like, it's, she's a great actress, the little girl. But it's mm. just the, it's just the directing and the storytelling. It was horrible because it's just. That's a shame because Peter Jackson. I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of him. I'm realizing. Oh, I like Peter Lord Jackson. of the Rings. It's the only thing I've really cared for him. Frighteners was, uh, was kind of. But King Kong. Did you Ugh. see Heavenly Creatures? No. <laughs> I didn't like King Kong. Heavenly Creatures was pretty great. Okay. I don't know. I. I, when Peter, I was like, when, anyway, like uh, basically, one, there's a part where like she's like the butterfly flies by the camera. She's like, oh, but I'm geez, happy really? here. No, it gets worse, Melissa. Believe me, They're like I'm happy here, and a butterfly flies around. All of a sudden, it shows her and her little friend, who's in between with her, dancing on this planet that's probably the size of like a house, just in a like a, you know the little prince. You see that French book? Yeah. And he's on his own little planet. Yeah. Looks like that with these big pink trees on it, and she's dressed as a butterfly, and she's flying around, and they're dancing. All of a sudden, they're by the tree, and they're going around the tree, throwing leaves at each other, and then they go behind the tree, and they they're in blue now. And then it gets dark, and it starts raining, and she's an umbrella out of nowhere, and she's like, ha, ha, ha. it's a montage. And then all of a sudden, she's on a magazine cover, and she's like this, like a 1960s whatever. And then a magazine cover, and then um, all of a sudden she's dancing disco on a giant disc. And the disc going around, and all of a sudden there's flashes, and the flash turns to stars, and then the stars turn to puppies, and the puppies start running, and what? she chases the puppies. You're I mean, kidding about the puppies, right? No, no. This is trippy. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, they either need to go with, and then they have all these stupid callbacks that are just obvious, like, ah, you you notice that? Because there's one part she's walking through the forest, and in the background, one of the trees is like a flute. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And they just left it alone, like, cool. And then she's walking by the beach, and there's this giant ball. And then, like, there's this one part where there's this big hat. And then at the very end, when she goes to the tree of heaven, Right before she goes to heaven, <laughs> there's this tree. All the little girls that he's murdered walks up, and they're all like, one little girl's holding the flute, and it's almost like she goes Are like you this. Kidding? It's almost like she goes and looks. At, like, she doesn't look at the camera, but it feels like she's all, huh? See, see his flute. Remember, remember the flute from back in the room. And then the other girl has the big ball. She's like, uh, see the ball. Remember, remember back when the ball was in the ocean. Like, in other words, the movie sucked. Sorry. I can talk about it more. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Look, you have to read the book. The book oh, is not to use, overuse the word, but the book is lovely. Oh. <laughs> well, That's true. Wait, what happens to the guy? Well, I guess you don't want to... Not gonna... Okay, when we're off air, the you'll book. tell me. I'm not going to yeah. read it. Uh, oh, look at all those tweets, John. Quick podcast tweets, guys. You can tweet at us, and we will uh, show what you tweeted about. Sorry about the spoilers, guys. Thanks for spoiling everybody. Um, why do you do really live shows point. during school? This sucks. Sorry, Isaac. We'll change that eventually. No Thanks for doing it in time for Ireland. You're welcome. Uh, Catherine just had her first live show. Yippee. Yeah. All right. So I gotta go work, too. I suppose from all of us to all of you, uh, keep twiddling those dials. The next password is gonna be... Support. 
Mm-hmm. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. How the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye. It seems like uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I have no money. <laughs> no, Superman, no here. Superman, no. <laughs> you come back later. I know. Well, I've, we addressed this earlier, like when you weren't here yet. But yeah, it's a doodle on the bed. It's a doodle on the bed. What you gonna do with a doodle on the bed? Don't sing that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sing that song. Uh, okay. 